0: GEICO presents, oh, not again, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, While you're there, could you also turn off the oven and all of the burners? (laughs) My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. (laughs) The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.
1: Contour from Cox has all your favorites all in one place. And with the Contour Remote, you can use your voice to find them on live TV, on demand, and streaming apps like Netflix, Prime Video, and more. See Cox.com for details. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Jen. I'm Ginny. And we are the Art History Babes. Natalie's not with us today. Um, because she is on vacation up north. In the mountains. But she is sorely missed. Um, so Nat, we love you and hope you're having a good time. Uh today we are talking about the Bacchanal. Um, and in good fashion, we are having our own personal July fourth Bacchanalian celebration. <laughs> Bacchanalia <laughs> <laughs> Just disclaimer. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, this episode's gonna a go little silly, because we're already significantly intoxicated at we've, the moment. We've
0: been in the pool. We've been in the sun. We are ready to record. <laughs>
2: Bacchus is here. He, we've, we've called him, and he is here. We us. were literally <laughs> outside,
0: and we were saying, Bacchus! <laughs> Just in the middle of the pool, just crying out, Bacchus, Bacchus, where are you? Yep. He's <laughs> he's here. He's been invoked, and we're we're ready. We're guys. ready for it. Ready. Um,
1: so before we before we get started, what's everyone been up to? What's going on in everyone's lives? Hmm. Uh, let's start with you,
0: Corey. You've had some adventures. I've
1: done so much museuming in the past, like forty eight hours. It's been ridiculous. Um. Was just in San Diego and went to the uh, I think it's the San Diego Museum of Art. I believe. Is, the Museum of Man. Well, I did that too, wow. but I went to I went to both. Um, but I went to the San Diego Museum of Art, which was dope. But they were also their modern wing was under construction, so that was kind of a bummer for me. Um, but they had this really sick exhibit on quilts. And like, Mm. and I like the, the, the craft element, but what was cool, like, what was really cool about it is it really got into, um, how quilting relates to color theory Mm. and how like involved color theory and like Joseph Albers is in quilting and like how quilts were made with certain colors to create certain like effects, like optical effects. So it was just really interesting. It was really just visually stimulating. That was cool. Then also in San Diego in um what's the name of the park? Balboa, Balboa yep. Balboa mm. Park. Um, I also went to the Museum of Man where they had a exhibit on cannibalism. Yes. Which was so cool. Like so cool. It was super interesting. And it like engaged in like a lot of pop culture references and it also it kind of took this post-colonial approach to cannibalism. Mm. And the whole, like, mentality, like, for so many years, like, referring to a certain group of people as cannibals was kind of similar to the whole savage Mm -hmm. mentality. Like, Mm -hmm. they are savages. Mm -hmm. And the whole exhibit was great. It was so great about, like, but you should stop and think about this and be like, if you were in this situation, would you eat human flesh? Yes. Um, I don't even know what the situation is, but yes. Um, And that was really interesting. And I was really excited that they were doing that because I thought that was really cool. Um, They also, my favorite part of the whole exhibit, they did, um, they they created a version of the Oregon Trail, the game we all played in elementary school. Yeah. Yes. Um. They it's like same aesthetically, the same visually, the same. Yes. The way you play it's the same, <laughs> except it was called the Donner Trail.
0: Oh,
2: that wow. makes a lot of sense. I was gonna say like the Donners. Yeah. Like, if I had been in that, for yeah. sure. Yeah. In this case, you in don't die flesh. of dysentery;
0: you die of being eaten. <laughs> yeah and it
1: got dark but at the same time not really it was just like I was just playing my game and I was like I got a decision to make I just have to make this decision um so it was really it was a really well put together exhibit it was super interesting and it just like explored cannibalism in all these different areas of human history and it was just really fun and really interesting so if you're in the San Diego area check that out um and then the next day I got to go to LACMA in L.A., um, L.A. County Museum of Art. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and They have a great Snapchat, by the way. You should follow Oh, I should follow
0: them. I did
2: not know that. It's on point.
1: I should check that yeah. out. But um, so I spent the day at LACMA. Some really great stuff. They had like a German Expressionism exhibit and then like a life changing James Terrell um, called Breathing Light where you like, walk into this room, and it's kind of exactly like, um, like, uh, Drake's hotline bling video. (laughs) Um, Like, actually, the girl sitting next to me was like, I feel like I'm in Drake's video right now. And I was like, word. Um, (laughs) But it's way more disorienting. And just like, it's weird. There's like, when you first walk in, there's like this sense of almost like fog, but there isn't any fog. It's all like light tricks. And then you like, move to, like, the edge, like, this precipice. Like, it's literally a precipice because you could fall off the edge. And then you just stare. You just stare into this light that, like, gradually changes colors. And it's, like, looking into the infinite abyss. It's sounds and like it would
0: give me flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> like it's I, pretty trippy. Start having a real dark time in there. Yeah. I mean,
1: it wasn't dark. It was, for me, it was the opposite of dark. It was, like, oh, my God. Like, I just want to the walk. Light. Yeah. Yeah, I want to walk into the light. Um, don't but, walk into the light. But it could be overwhelming if you were on some type of psychedelic, for sure. So,
0: so, don't go <laughs> on psychedelics.
1: Probably not.
0: I probably not.
1: Unless you're in a really good headspace, then yeah. maybe it could or, be okay. Or do it and let us know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, let us know. But I definitely had a moment. Like I took off my glasses, which any of you who know me, I'm like crazy blind. And like, but it's like the cool thing about being crazy blind is lights get crazy real. blind. They get
3: really
1: (laughs) I'm not actually blind I shouldn't say that but like I'm I I can't see anything it's all just like blurred color um but the cool thing about having really bad vision is when you take off your glasses and stare into lights it gets real weird um so yeah it was just all around real weird you actually have to take off your shoes and put on these like socks like whoa
0: wow that just got like even more
1: esoteric like it's like a whole experience but it was amazing and I came out and I was like warm and tingly it was so cool so cool well Corey,
0: Um, it sounds like you had a fucking badass time
1: (laughs) it has been a good few days it really has um yeah good few days for sure um damn but yeah some good art experiences um, but now we're back and we're having we're having our own little personal bacchanal, which is pretty. It's fitting.
0: It it's is fitting. it's a
2: holiday
1: weekend, you know, the
2: the birth of our nation. <laughs> our great nation. Indivisible. Under God, <coughs> or I don't even know the rest. I honestly don't. And he <laughs> totally you did a good it. job. That was
0: great. <laughs> uh, you know, the great thing about um, the great thing about this weekend, the great thing about being able to partake in our own personal bacchanalia mm-hmm. is the fact that. Okay, so Corey's been having an amazing time just (laughs) traveling and having a ball. Ginny and I have been... (laughs) Responsible. Working our asses off at our respective jobs. Uh. Those of you who may not be in the know, which is probably most (laughs) of you. So Ginny is doing a super interesting, awesome um, internship in San Francisco. And it is a... um, it's it's a full time gig, right? It is. It's it a full time gig. gig. <laughs> so Ginny is is running museums. It has been busy.
2: I mean, we were doing our grad school thing, and then that was done. And it was like boom. And
0: then you went straight to work. Yeah, yeah. And I identify with that. I'm doing I know the you do. same damn thing. Yep. Only I'm not running museums. I'm making sure that food and <laughs> f- produce and all kinds of like food products are not. Covered in poison. That's so important, though. Yeah, that's you know, so important. It's real weird. Um, when you graduate with a bachelor's degree in art history, <laughs> sometimes. You, Options be limited. Sometimes but there's so- not a lot of work out there for you. So you end up taking a job as a chemist at a tox. Was it. Toxicology. Why am I asking, Why am I asking you? A toxicology lab. I work at a lab where we check to see how poisonous your food is. Rest assured, it's really not that poisonous. All right, let's let's bring it back. Yeah, let's we should let's get on topic. So, yes. so you know, we're bringing it back, and and uh, today's topic is Bacchanals. Bacchus liked to show up. He liked to show up to regular Joes, and and he would temporarily release them from the trappings of everyday life. So Bacchus just shows up. You're out in the fields <laughs> tilling the, the wheat, and suddenly there's Bacchus, and Bacchus typically would show up with a bro, from um <laughs> the mythological world oh like and a like a sa- like his sa- little... saturn yeah, yeah saturn yeah, 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 yeah and and Bacchus would show up with with his friend i
1: actually like just quick i looked up the actual definition of of is it of a satyr seder or satyr i think it's satyr it's satyr yeah um, and satyr and i really <laughs> i really enjoyed it one of a class of lustful mm. drunken woodland gods
0: Oh. And I was like
1: that's all I've ever wanted to be. Really. I work in Woodland
0: by the way, so <laughs> I've met a, a few of those guys.
1: But <laughs> like those are some <laughs> solid characteristics
0: uh for sure. Oh my God. So yeah. So, so you know, Bacchus would show up and he would release you from your problems and he would release you from your problems with wine. And this is a huge trope in the world of classical painting and that's where we're going with this today. Um, so let's switch over to Ginny. Let's talk about some some of the roots of the Bacchanal. What is a Bacchanal? <laughs> let's talk about it.
2: All right. So a Bacchanal is, to be put quite plainly, is an occasion of drunken, raucous revelry. Oh. Um so this immediately connects the god Bacchus, but before there was Bacchus, there was Dionysus. And so if you know um, even a little bit about Greek and Roman mythology, Greek mythology was kind of the OG, right? So <laughs> then the Romans um, adopted a lot of this mythology and just gave the gods different names. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started out with Dionysus and... <laughs> And it went into Bacchus. Um, so Bacchus <laughs> was really this kind of, he was the god, or I'm, I'm going to switch back and forth actually between Dionysus and Bacchus and then we'll later just stick to Bacchus. They're the
0: same dudes.
2: Same same guy. Same guy. So Bacchus, Dionysus, is the god of the grape harvest, of winemaking, of partying yes. of fertility and kind of this chaotic like just letting loose of like all inhibitions
0: my kind of
1: god essentially yeah. he's he's the chaotic good yeah in the world so yes. like for yeah. sure
2: like the necessary chaotic good and the thing about Bacchus slash Dionysus is that he was the last god to be welcomed into Mount Olympus. And his mom was actually immortal. His dad was Zeus slash Jupiter. So like the main uh, dude, the light or nurse. lightning dude, you know, you know the one. Um, so he kind of had this connection with like the everyday people, because like, oh, he's kind of one of us, but he's a god. And he likes to party, so you can see why he really connected with
1: and people. And everyone likes a guy that likes to party. Yeah, like, yeah. How, you know?
0: how could you not? I mean, that's everything you just said. That's the guy that I want to invite to like my party. <laughs> it's like, dude, Bacchus is just rolled up with a
1: keg. <laughs> Dude, this is 100% off topic, but I saw, (laughs) I saw, um, this is on a a documentary about Saturday Night Live, Um, (laughs) (laughs) way off topic, but stay with me here, Um, and they went into this whole thing, it was super interesting, it's about like Saturday Night Live and the history of Saturday Night Live, and they went into this whole thing about how um, Will Ferrell's, um, kind of version of George W. Bush <laughs> is kind of the reason why George W. Bush got right. elected because yeah. everyone saw this, this really goofy, funny, ridiculous dude that liked to have a good time in Will Ferrell's George Bush. They were like, they looked at him and they were like, that's a like, I think this is the exact quote from the documentary. They were like, that's a guy I'd like to have a drink with. And in the end, that ended up being our president. So, so Farrell,
0: you done <laughs> fucked
1: up, dude. So everybody likes someone that likes to have a good time.
2: <laughs> no, it's very, very true. I mean, this is also 100% off topic, but I'm not even like a huge baseball fan, but my dad is. And he was just talking recently about um, Tim Lincecum, who used to be... Used to be a picture of the Giants, and he got busted for smoking weed, um, like while he was driving back home to Washington or something. And for San Francisco fans, they were like,
0: "Yeah, Lizco,
2: we love you. You're a great dude." No, That's it's a very San Francisco thing <laughs> to get
0: busted. But it's over. also,
2: yeah, it's just like a human thing where you like people um, that like to have a good time.
0: Well, humans. We have a very particular genetic makeup, and uh, part of that makeup says that we want to get fucked up all the time. (laughs) Apparently. Apparently. That's that's, that's just real. (laughs) And we've been doing it since millennia, Mm -hmm. and it's not going to stop anytime soon. So... The spirit of Bacchus is with us.
2: Oh, it absolutely is. And I mean, you know, it's early in ancient Greece. He began showing up in, um, a lot of different art forms, primarily sculptures, but also, um, you know, designs in ancient Greek pottery. And he often showed up as a nude, somewhat androgynous figure. Um, and he had these followers, like, one of them we talked... How do we say it? S- satyr? S- satyr? Satyr. Satyr. Is it Satyr? It's Satyr.
1: Satyr. Satyr. Satyr.
2: Apologies. <laughs> A Satyr, centaurs, and hermaphrodites. And these are all, like, his crew that just liked to party and traveled around with him. And so... Um, as we're moving into the ancient Roman period and Dionysus becomes Bacchus, um, Bacchic art can often be quite erotic, oh, yes. um, intentionally shocking, and there's certainly elements of seduction and kind of revelry, of partying of you know, this kind of gluttonous excess. Um, and that really becomes per the course of Bacchic art. Um and I, I read a, a really interesting book, and, and we'll put this um, on our website. It's called *Ecstasy: Understanding the Psychology of Joy* by Robert Johnson. I need
1: to read that immediately. It's, that it was sounds really so interesting.
2: It was very interesting. So he he talks a lot about mythology, particularly relating to Bacchus and how um, you know when followers of Bacchus began developing and they you know these Bacchanal events took place getting drunk was I mean it was yes it was partially about having a good time but it was also directly linked to getting on like a higher plane so getting into an, a higher reality that was closely connected to the gods so in getting really fucking drunk <laughs> Um, was a way of, like, paying tribute to Bacchus to being closer to Bacchus and therefore being closer um, to the rest of the gods and kind of breaking free of the restraints of mortal constriction. Um, And so that's where we really see this kind of Bacchanal start to take form as, yes, having a good time, but it's also pretty spiritually um, based. And... uh, I have a couple poems that I can read, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then and then and then I'll I'll pass the torch. <laughs> so I found a couple poems, and and so the thing about Bacchus is that he he generally came with like a posse, right? Uh, he, and he wasn't, cheetahs. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was with some centaurs. He's with some hermaphrodites. He's with some satyrs. Sed- God have word it's really it's hard
1: seder, for yeah sater yeah i'm
0: every time it's going to be hard okay bacchus would show up um in a chariot being drawn by two cheetahs cuz why not cuz we all know that
2: cheetah print is the most raunchy animal print
1: <laughs> <laughs> who
0: doesn't want to show up at a party
1: in cheetah print
2: i mean <laughs> Like, can you think of a raunchier animal print? Maybe
0: snakeskin, but not no. No, I'm gonna go with cheetah print. Yeah. cheetah print, and you know, I get, think it's because of Bacchus. Get out of here with the zebra stripes! <laughs> all right, <laughs> it's
1: all about the cheetah. Yeah, we're gonna just we're gonna say that um, the people rocking the cheetah print, it's actually like a cultural statement there. It's, yeah, we're hearkening back to Bacchus. Yeah, what's going on.
2: Absolutely, there. absolutely. Okay, so. I found some poems um, from a, a particular instance of someone coming upon... A, so this is the myth of Ariadne. And are you going to talk about that more, Jen? Or were you just going to talk about the painting? Because I didn't actually look into the the actual myth that much. Of, I can Ariadne. talk a
0: little bit about the myth. You go ahead and, and read some of that poetry. I'll
2: read these poems and then Jen's going to elaborate. <laughs> It'll be great. Okay, so... Um, here we go. <clears throat> and as I sat over the light blue hills, there came a noise of revelers, the rills. Into the wide stream came of purple hue. Twas Bacchus and his crew. The earnest trumpet spake and silver thrills from kissing cymbals made a merry din. Twas Bacchus and his kin like a moving vintage down they came crowned with green leaves and faces all aflame all madly dancing through the pleasant valley to scare thee melancholy whence came ye merry damsels whence came ye so many and so many and such glee why have ye left your bowers desolate your lutes and gentler fate we follow bacchus bacchus on the wing and conquering bacchus young bacchus good or ill betide we dance before him through kingdoms wide come hither lady fair and join be to our wild minstrelsy I don't know if I said that last word right, but that's what it says. I feel like I was reading Twas the Night Before Christmas." You were a little
1: bit. You really were. I had. I, was, I picked up on that vibe
0: for sure. That was beautiful. Do we know if that was by Ovid? Was that Ovid?
1: Um, was that
0: Ovid. Did Ovid write that? I Easy. Mean, no. Was that Ovid?
2: <laughs> so one of the poems I found was by Euripides, um, and then. This one, um, well, you know, we'll put this one on the website because yeah. I'm sorry. Because this is an article about Titian and
0: Bacchus mm-hmm, paintings. Mm-hmm. So, um, speaking in, in, of, we should talk about well, this okay, Bacchus yeah, painting. And in, in, in that, um, okay, so the painting in question is Bacchus in. Ariadne. Ariadne 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 yeah Ariadne. I love
1: that name. If I have a daughter, I want
0: to name her that
1: Ariadne. That's beautiful. I know, oh, I think it's gorgeous.
0: Uh so, it's a painting by Titian and this work was um, the subject of several poems by such poets such as Catullus and Ovid and it's considered one of Titian's greatest works. Um, so in the work, it's depicting the story of, um, Ariadne, who was left on the island of Naxos by her lover Theseus, who deserted her. Dick. That dog. <laughs> um, his ship sails away to the far left of the work, and she's discovered on the shore by the god Bacchus, and Bacchus is leading a procession of revelers, as he does, And he is in his chariot and his chariot is drawn by two cheetahs, of course. (laughs) And um, so in the painting, he's depicted in midair. He's leaping out of his chariot and he is going to protect Ariadne from the beast's and the beasts are his beasts, so that's obviously, like, a pickup, up uh, like, whole situation. They're like, oh no, young maiden, let me save you from my cheetahs. <laughs> so anyway, um, he is obviously trying to, trying to bang our young heroine. There are a couple of things happening in the painting. There... In the sky above the figure of Ariadne is the star constellation of Corona Borealis, or the Northern Crown. And um, there's a significance here as Bacchus promises the entire sky to Ariadne, um, where she would then become the constellation of the Northern Crown. Damn. Isn't that lovely? That's (laughs) very lovely
3: modern fertility. Dang, I really wish I could sing because I wanted to follow that tune, but I cannot sing.
1: I can't sing either, but I just, I like making little jingles.
3: How about it, Nat? I mean, you probably thought about your next step in your career relationship, but what about planning for a baby or a metaphorical baby?
1: Or or planning for not a baby. All of those totally reasonable
3: options. (laughs) Exactly. As a woman, we kind of have to make a decision to either have or not have babies. And Modern Fertility is here to help with that decision
1: making. Modern Fertility is a quick and easy hormone test you can take at home. So if you're thinking about trying for a baby or you want to know maybe what your options are for the future or Or if you just want to know more information about kind of how all that works and your hormone levels and just, you know, generally be informed about your reproductive
3: health, which is a great thing to be informed of,
1: Modern Fertility is here to help.
3: So I was able to take it and got my results back within like eight days pretty quick it took me to the website where they had all my information and I'm happy to say that nothing came back alarming. It was really easy to understand and they use very simple language, but they also have options where you can read into the different hormones more closely. So if you do have something that maybe is slightly out of whack, you can read more about it and figure out you know, how to raise or lower or what that might mean for your day-to-day life it's really interesting or your fertility i guess i was kind of just looking at it for my day-to-day but um speaking from experience like yeah i definitely feel a little more empowered just knowing that all of my hormones are working and doing what they're supposed to do yeah that is
1: definitely good news also it is very affordable compared to similar testing um oftentimes that kind of testing can cost over a thousand dollars But with Modern Fertility, you can get the exact same information for just $159.
3: That's such a good price. Yeah. Plus, you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse once you get your results. So you can get answers to questions that you might have, specific questions that are related to your results. And that is really valuable. Yeah. So it's just great information to
1: have. Very affordable price. Very easy to do. Comfort of your own home. Don't even have to go to the doctor's office.
3: And right now, Modern Fertility is offering Art History Babes listeners $20 off their test when you go to modernfertility.com slash historybabes. That's
1: $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com
3: slash historybabes. modernfertility.com slash historybabes modern fertility he falls in
0: love with ariadne on first sight and he leaves from his chariot drawn by two cheetahs towards her ariadne had been abandoned on the greek island of naxos by theseus her the picture shows her initial fear of bacchus But he raised her to heaven and turned her into a constellation represented by the stars above her head. That is from the National Gallery's website, by the way. It's lovely. It's just lovely. It's a beautiful work. Um, We're going to post it on the website, arthistorybabes.com um <laughs> by the way and um we will make sure that you guys can check it out for yourselves because it's very beautiful and this is just one of several amazing paintings of Bacchus Bacchus, so yeah, everyone wants to paint Bacchus I mean I know not I Ultimate know party especially animal. Bacchus
2: and Ariadne <sighs> like there's another one that Titian did of the two of them and um Bacchus has like a, a very particularly tiny penis which was in vogue back then.
3: Yeah, because big
2: dicks were um <laughs> barbaric. No, that's this real. They were like they were considered to be ogres. Oh, <laughs> it
0: was it was really ugly. If you had a big ol big old schlong, um you were considered barbaric. People would say, put that thing away. <laughs> I don't want to see that huge cock. so so yeah, so um,
1: Titian's painting, pretty um, seminal work of the Bacchanal, like a pretty important Bacchanalian painting. We'll have it on the website. You can check it out. Um, But so we've been talking about the essentially like the Greek history Mm -hmm. of the Bacchanal Um, and what kind of like. Like, happened is, as you can imagine, these these festivals, um, they were problematic for some people. They were like, we don't want that. We don't want people engaging in, in drinking and gratuitous sex and all of this craziness. And it, it very quickly turned into something um, very, what sort word I'm looking for? Sort
0: of, like, insidious. Yeah. Insidious
1: know? is a great... That's not the word I was thinking of, but that's a great word. Mm-hmm. It became... Very quickly, people started looking at. Yeah, we not having
2: too much. Fun. Yeah, there's
1: something wrong with this here, and so then we have the um, government essentially getting in and kind of. In Roman times, yes, in Roman times. So yeah, um, let's
0: let's transition into that. So, um, what became known as Bacchanalia. Um, were the Roman festivals of Bacchus. So once again, Bacchus is the Roman equivalent of the god Dionysus. Um, so the Bacchanalia can be understood as a variation um, of the Greek Dionysia, which was which was just the Greek version of um, this fest- these festivities in the name of Dionysus, um, and. They were very popular. They were popular and well-organized, and they were mainly um, popular in the southern Italian peninsula, which makes a lot of sense because that is where there would have been contact between Greek Mm -hmm. and Roman um, civilizations. So Bacchanalia were associated with Rome's native cult of Liber which is where we get the word libation. Um, of so, course. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And um, so this there's um, popular scholarship says that these festivities arrived in Rome around 200 BC, but like all mystery religions of the ancient world, there's very little known of the actual rites. So we depend on a guy named Livy. So, Livy, sometime, some 200 years after the initial um, introduction of Bacchanalia in Rome, offers a scandalized account of what the Bacchanalia (laughs) was. So, modern scholarship is very skeptical of Livy and um, what he alleged to be these, like, frenzied parties for Bacchanalia... Um, but they can agree that Bacchanalia were typically, um, hugely sexual. There was a lot of sex and promiscuity and there was also a lot of violence. It was actually a a violently sexual event, not to get too deep into it, but, you know, trigger warning, it's safe to say that there was a lot of unconsensual sex happening. And, um, And these sort of, uh, these parties, these Bacchanalias were, um, the subject of some, they were the subject of scrutiny by the Roman Senate. So the Senate became aware of Bacchanalia rights and they said, oh, no, 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 no. This is, this is dangerous they're they're breaking all these laws under the guise of religion and we can't allow this to happen so there were some heavy reforms um eventually there were rules that were instated into the bacchanalia um, such as there would be a ratio of men to women so three women to two men they considered it safer for there to be more women than men in yeah. these events.
1: And also just like backtracking a little bit kind of on this whole consent, non-consensual stuff going on. Like, it's interesting that the Bacchanal actually started as a strictly female event. Yeah. It was, it when it first like began, it was only female. Like, and then, and then we let the men in and all hell broke loose.
0: So, you know, modern scholarship suggests that there were many issues with bacchanalia. So bacchanalias were highlighting a moral panic among the Romans who were very concerned about keeping their hegemony, hegemony? Mm.
4: Hege- hegemony? hegemony?
0: Hegemony. Among their not only their republic which was soon to become an an empire but also their conquered territories rome was very much worried about like we need to keep everything chill we need to keep it all under control and this is very much an instance of out of control festivity we need to curtail this immediately Something else that was very problematic for the Romans was the fact that these Bacchanals were completely devoid of class distinctions. So plebeian classes, as well as the highest classes, could be intermingling at these events. They were sworn to secrecy at these events. You Mm. couldn't say who you were. You couldn't. Um, you, you know, you, you couldn't call somebody else out. Interesting. I saw, you know, um, Senator So-and-so. So and yeah, So. Yes, Senator, what's his face was at the Bacchanalia. Like you, you couldn't do that. So that was also very problematic for the Romans, who um, historically were hugely interested in maintaining class distinctions. Eventually. The Bacchanal was the the subject of a reform known as the Senatus Consultum de Bacchanal, Bacchanalibus. <laughs> I don't speak Latin, so excuse my terrible pronunciation, but this brought the Bacchanalia under con- the control of the Senate, and um, essentially there was now very... Um, restrictive rules over the Bacchanalia. And the Bacchanalia essentially at that point
1: became a sign of degeneracy. Like any type of Bacchanalian behavior was degenerate at that point.
0: Yeah. And, and an interesting thing is that men were forbidden to be priests of, Hmm. of Bacchus. So interesting. They considered it so threatening that for the Senate, they figured, we'll just have women be in charge of it.
2: Hmm. Because,
0: you know, what can they fuck up, right? (laughs) They're just women. (laughs) So, (laughs) that's what happened. Little did they know. No, no, (laughs) just just kidding, but really. um, So that's really what happened with the Bacchanalia in Rome. Even though there were tons of reforms, the Bacchanalia persisted. And even though it is... It, it became associated as a sign of Roman degeneracy for many. The Bacchanalia remained a very important part of life. Um, these festivals really did carry with them this idea of being able to disconnect from daily life and really just connect with, Basic human drive, basic human instincts, which apparently are those of um, having a lot of sex and drinking a lot of wine. Who would have (laughs) thought? So
1: let's kind of get into a few images, just dive into some sure. of, some of, we have a couple of interesting, there are so many images oh, yeah. of the Bacchanals. It was, so many. It
0: was hard to pick. Yeah. Bac- Bacchic
2: art is a, a league within its own. And
1: I looked into it and then I got tired and, and I stopped. Um. Well, one, one of the most famous, um, which I think we've actually already used, like, on some of our social media, is Caravaggio's Bacchus. Yeah, where that's
0: my favorite. Sweet
1: baby Bacchus is holding his... So seductive. He's seductively gazing at the viewer and holding his little, like, chalice of wine. And he's surrounded by fruits and flowers and things. Um, so that's a very... A, very well-known image of him that you may be familiar with and once again that will be up on our website um, but just a few other ones we found like we said we found the one with Titian what was the one you found Jenny of this 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 literally baby Bacchus
0: adorable baby <laughs> um, Bacchus
2: I found this painting by um, Guido Reni who is a 17th century Baroque painter and we'll put this on the website as well because it's a delight um <laughs> It's a chubby baby Bacchus, and he's drinking, you know, like a hearty glug, glug, glug from a glass jug of wine, and then he is peeing at the same time, and then his little barrel of wine that he's leaning on is leaking wine, so um, it's kind of like this double stream of
1: (laughs) So there um, there are connotations. Yeah. <laughs> he's but so it's cute though. It's, it's great
2: and he's got like a little grape wreath on his um on his head and um he he has he's, a little wine
1: gut. He's definitely <laughs> imbibing. That is yes. exactly what he's doing. It's super cute. Um and then another one I found was um, let's see, fra uh 1537, uh Martin Van Heemskrek triumphal procession of Bacchus and this is um I think it's an interesting (laughs) one but like I said there's so many images of just like Bacchic celebrations but I really like this one um it kind of takes influence from like Roman sarcophagi and like friezes it's kind of got that same feeling but it's like a painting and just my favorite part of it I mean there's there's many many individuals fully nude yeah. um but there's a there's a lot of interesting things going on in this painting but my favorite like the thing that stuck out to me immediately is there's this dude like right in the forefront kind of on like the left side of the painting and he's doing like a bridge like a yoga bridge with like his with his like <laughs> right leg up in the air just like getting it just doing his <laughs>
0: <Thank you. laughs>
1: What is even happening? He's just—he's <laughs> just doing his thing. He was like, "That's this is what I need to do right now." They
0: caught him mid backflip. Yeah, he's—he's pretty- he's killing it, you guys. <laughs> he's killing it. I also,
1: I think I also like this being, and I mean I haven't looked enough into it, but it's like very multiracial. There's like all kinds of skin tones and stuff, just like having a good time together. When is this? Being and even? I think that's great. Uh, fifteen thirty-seven to fifteen thirty-eight. That's even more surprising. Yeah, right. There are multiple races. I depicted. know, right? I was like, hey, look at that. There's people of like all colors. That that's really great. Um, because that's. Isn't that what we all want? Just, like, all people to get together and yeah. have a Bacchic celebration? Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Um, me too. But it's a really, it's a really interesting, and there's a lot more action going on in this painting. But, but yeah, you, you should check it out just for Mr. Mr. Uh, backflip, for sure.
0: So I want to talk about one of my favorite Bacchus paintings, and that is the work by the Spanish painter Velazquez, known as the Triumph of Bacchus. But it's also known as Los Borrachos, which means the drunk people. (laughs) (laughs) Or just the drunks, um, however you may like to interpret it. But it is such a great work, you guys. Oh my god. Isn't this like your background on
2: (laughs) multiple things?
0: (laughs) It's just so fun. Like, gosh, I just can't get over it. In in the middle... um, highlighted Velazquez was known for his use of this very dramatic light and um so um Bacchus is shown in highlight in the middle of the painting um he's lighter than the rest of the people in the painting and this was meant to not only highlight his divinity but also to distinguish him from the common everyday folk That he is visiting in the works. So he is here among 17th century Spanish peasants. And they are having a great time. Um, They're all pretty (laughs) rosy-cheeked. um and that's the sign (laughs) yeah and my favorite thing about this painting are these three men in the middle who are they just look like they have seen you crossing their path and they're saying good friend come drink wine with us yeah it's
2: like you just came into the party and they're like hello.
1: No, you'll see. Welcome. When you look at this painting, there's one right at the middle and he has a hat. (laughs) He's looking directly at you and you have met this man at your local dive bar. You know him. You have met him at your local dive bar. You have talked to him. You probably had a pretty good conversation. You probably did a shot or two with him. Yeah, most likely. He exists. He exists today. And that's what's so great about this painting is because you look Right at it, you see this random ass dude right in the middle, and you're like, I have met that guy.
0: And he's so friendly, and he he looks so happy, and he just really wants you to come and drink this wine with him. And I love this painting for so many reasons, but my most favorite thing about it is the fact that Velasquez paints Bacchus as a man who shows up, and brings wine to these hardworking peasants that are just everyday contemporary people that Velazquez would have seen on the street as a Spanish man in the 17th century mm-hmm. painting what are known today as Borregón, um style paintings, which mm-hmm. are paintings um, that draw from everyday life in the Spanish tradition and what I love also about this painting is that Bacchus is shown as kind of like a pudgy guy Yeah, <laughs> you know he's got a little bit of a- Gut, and you can tell that he's a guy that kind of parties, and you know, <laughs> in his face even look at those like ruddy, plush his, lips. Yeah, yeah, his lips are plush. He's a young man, and he's got a ruddy complexion. He has the ruddy complexion of a man who drinks a lot of mm-hmm. wine. Yeah. Um, I could go on and on about this work, but this I this work is amazing. And and
2: one little like side note, if you zoom in on like the um glasses the cups in this painting what was common especially during like the 17th century with wine glasses people like to like fuck with people i guess because they'd have these really wide but shallow wine glasses and the trick was that you would continue to drink and get very drunk but you wouldn't spill your glass like that was the sign of like a true veteran drinker
1: Uh, that's (laughs) evil i know
2: i know and meanwhile like if you ever look at it was like the it was
1: like the baroque era or like i mean i guess this goes all the way but, but it was like the classical like Party foul, yeah,
2: idea exactly. It's like if you don't spill anything, then you are really
0: worth your salt. Yeah, You're like, and you yeah. are one of us. You guys, it literally looked like a saucer with yeah. a stem, very wide <laughs> uh, and
2: very, very shallow. shallow. It would be very difficult. I don't think you could buy a wine glass like that.
1: No, no I don't want to because <laughs> I would spill that sober. No joke. Yeah. All right. Um. So those are just. A a few of our our little our favorites um that you can check out we're gonna kind of move into what the bacchanal means in contemporary culture and um to do that I'm actually going as we mentioned before <laughs> we're having a little bit of a party right now and we have kind of a an in-house dj who happens to be <laughs> our he also happens to be our own personal Bacchus. He has kept the art history babes in wine for like a very
0: long time. <laughs> He's yeah. just been pouring wine <laughs> this whole time. He has just been, yeah. My glass has not been dry. I know, it's
1: amazing. Um, But he also um, has experienced what is often known, at least if you Google, if you just Google like Bacchanal, you're going to get a bunch of stuff about carnival in Brazil, which is really they interesting. They rhyme and it's for reason,
0: yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I'm going to go grab him because he knows about that. I'll be right back. Let's
1: okay. keep talking.
0: Um, Yeah, so modern day Bacchanals. I don't understand why we don't call our festivities Bacchanals more often. We should. But I think it's something to bring back. I think so too. And I encourage In you ba- listeners. And Bacchus
2: is like a guy's guy god. You yeah. know, he's just a friend.
0: I encourage our <laughs> listeners to bring back the bacchanal oh we have our guest (laughs) here oh this is exciting this is our guest so our here i will let him
1: sit in my seat for a second all right so this is our like i said our personal bacchus right here (laughs) um leo who has experienced carnival and can tell us a little bit about this very bacchic celebration
4: it's very cool (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: so cool. what's it like like what goes on at carnival
4: it's just a good time all around it's um it's beautiful people and, and bright colors and wonderful music and of course a lot of drinking and dancing it's um you guys would love it actually <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it debaucherous at all or is it just like good vibes like straight there is up a,
4: there is a side to it of course but i mean for the most part it's it's it goes for for a long time it's many days so you pace yourself and you just kind of enjoy the people you're around and the place that you're in and we kind of go back to it like that that primal state of we're we're all equal and we're enjoying uh, this this mass celebration so there's there's usually very little um very little in the way of, of mm-hmm. hierarchy it's just kind of this That sounds so great. We're all in the same place. Let's party and have a good time.
0: Awesome. That sounds so wonderful. Leo, how many days would you say Carnival lasts?
4: So in Brazil, at least, the the place we went into, which was like the the interior of of Brazil, which is kind of the place... I mean, we think in in Brazil to go to like Rio, where all the big parades are, but that's definitely a one-off. Like in most places... Um, Carnival is in kind of a rural area, a little town of a couple thousand people that get run over by 50,000 people who are there to just have a good time. Awesome. Um, but probably like five days, six hey, days. that
1: she,
0: sounds about bacanal Yeah,
1: it does. Do you get a lot of, um, people from outside of Brazil? Like, is there a lot of like touristy vibes or is it really just kind of everyone melds together?
4: You know, I was fortunate to, to see it in a very like authentic place. So I got to go to, to the, the, the part of, of Sao Paulo actually, or I'm sorry, uh, of of Grosso, which is, this, um, center of Brazil. So I got to see it in a very authentic sense, but most people obviously, again, think of Brazil in, in Rio de Janeiro and that, that big, the floats and the big parties that you think of. Um, but of course we're all trying to find like that little hidden gem, you know, off the beaten path and the same thing goes with, with carnival. Like definitely want to try to find the the true authentic celebration instead of what tourism has done to it.
0: Leo, that sounds very sexy, <laughs> and we are very glad that you are telling us about this story. <laughs> Thank you very
1: much. Um, oh that I think that really like that's I mean that's definitely I think what the Bacchanal tried to. To really what sort I'm looking for. Invoke. Yeah, invoke it. That was the sense of the Bach So, like I feel like it's it's alive in Brazil, but I think it's alive a lot
0: of places. Mm. It, it can happen like. anywhere. It's, it's alive point. here tonight, it folks. <laughs> it,
4: it can happen anywhere. Good people, you know, good wine. Beautiful Aww, sunshine. Man. I, I love this. <laughs>
0: this is so Well cool. thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Thank you so much. Our good friend, Leo. Um. What a guy. (laughs) Um. As we watch the suburban garden gnome carefully, carefully without disturbing it, we notice that it moves like, not at all. It's inanimate and utterly without brain function, but... Despite that, when a garden gnome hears about how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, it's clear to them you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. But on second thoughts,
2: maybe don't watch garden gnomes too carefully. People might talk.
1: So, um, yeah, so... Brazil, Carnival, that's a good contemporary example. I mean, there's there's different festivals. I mean, like festival culture is so big right now that you could easily kind of group that into the Bacchanalian spirit, I think. Yeah. But one particularly interesting manifestation of the Bacchanal, which Jen is going to talk about for a minute, is how um, Bacchanal is represented within Like the kink community. So
0: Jen, if you'd like to... Yeah, so a couple of things. We're on the West Coast over here. So um, as someone who has been raised in um, Bay Area, California um, sort of culture, so Folsom Street Fair is a big thing here on the West Coast. Those of you who might not be aware, the Folsom Street Fair is the world's largest festival um, celebrating kink and fetish community lifestyles. And um, I've been to the Folsom Street Fair every year for the last four years. Um, It's really fun. And as a result, I have made a lot of friends with people who are in the kink community. And um, so one of my good friends, who will be known as... um, Alex, he wants to be known as Alex. And, uh, he wanted to be known as Baron Hard. And uh, I said, no, my good friend, I will not refer to you as Baron Hard. You will be known as Alex. So Alex is a very good friend of mine. And um, Alex is somebody who's very active in the kink community. So a little background, kink really refers to pretty much anything outside the norm of what we consider to be like traditional sexual relations. Kink refers to people who have very specific fetishes and whose fetish lifestyle um, really shapes their lives. And this is, it's actually like pretty, pretty huge. Um, the, The way that people um, shape their lifestyles around their fetishes, um, which is a topic for a whole different podcast. But for now, we're going to talk about my friend Alex's experience at a modern day Bacchanal. So Alex went to a Bacchanal a couple of months ago and at this Bacchanal, um, he experienced some of the traditional, um, rites of Bacchanals that we have been discussing so far. So there was an orgy, there was a lot of promiscuity, a lot of sexual relations among people, um, a lot of drinking, um, basically a huge celebration, and there was a lot of sex and wine involved. But something that I felt was very interesting, and I think really it does a good job of wrapping everything up for us here today, is... The issue of consent. So consent, I feel, has always been important. But as of lately, I think that um, it's kind of a hot button issue among a lot of conversations that are happening. Um, We are aware of some of the issues with consent that have occurred over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most recently would be the issue of the Stanford student who underwent the horrible, um, sexual assault during a drunken party night. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of issue there with how does one consent when you are in a situation where you're drinking a lot of alcohol and you might not be able to say for sure whether or not you consent Mm -hmm. to sexual touching. And that's really murky territory. So in a situation like a Bacchanal, which is known for being a drunken party with a lot of sex, how do you negotiate the issue of consent? So my friend Alex was great about um, letting me know about these precautions that are being taken. Um, There's a lot of responsibility that comes into the modern day Bacchanal. So when you show up to a Bacchanal, you are required to fill out consent forms and the consent Mm -hmm. forms have the rules Mm -hmm. and the rules are no touching where there is not explicit consent, no sort of sexual, any kind of sexual interaction without clear consent is not allowed. If you are too intoxicated to give clear consent, you are moved away into an area where you need to like get your bearings, you need to drink some water. Get your
1: shit together. <laughs> you need to get
0: your shit together. And and so, you know, how do you know? How do you know? So he told me about drink tickets. They have drink mm. tickets at these events. Mm-hmm. That's and smart. each person is allotted five drink tickets. And you don't get them all at once. You get them throughout the night. If you're too drunk. You need to sit out and nobody can bring in outside alcohol. There is no outside mind altering substances allowed. You need to show up there with your own faculties. You must be sober and you show up and they give you your drink tickets and that's what you're allowed to do for the night. Everyone there needs to wear protection. Mm -hmm. Even if you are in a polyamorous relationship where you are fluid bonded with somebody. Fluid bonded is the term in the poly community for the partner that you have, that you have sex with without barriers. Mm -hmm. Even if you are fluid bonded with somebody, you may not partake in any sex without a condom or even dental dams for oral sex, which is like... I've never even seen a dental dam, so that's amazing. Yeah, I was like, "Is that Saran Wrap?" <laughs> it's basically Saran Wrap. Um, I know it's it, it's it, you know, and
1: I love they're they're covering their bases. I know, like, that's, yeah, that's great. Good you for what, and
0: I and I love that it is a safe it's, sex, best sex. It's an event. Yep. It's a safe sex event. It is a event that is all about consensual sex. And this is going miles away from our traditional Bacchanalia, which, let's face it, the Greeks and the Romans they didn't even know. Were, they were doing a lot of unconsensual things. And so it's it's very good to know that the spirit of the Bacchanalia is alive and well today with very strictly defined um, mm-hmm. parameters of of consent, consent protection. and protection. Yeah. And I am just really glad that Definitely. that's the no, that's, case. That's good to hear. That's yeah, really that's good that's to hear. That's great. Like, I
2: think there are a lot of things about Bacchanals that are great and um, I really value, but they're Obviously, with changing times, there has to be um, kind of changing constraints or conceptions of things. And so that's good to hear that Bacchanals now are, like, still in the spirit of a Bacchanal. Yeah. But people are being safe and responsible
0: yeah. and respectful and to I wanna, one another. I want to say thank you to my friend Alex. Thank you, Alex. Thanks. For giving me the scoop on the Bacchanalia because the um, – The element of secrecy and anonymity has not faded over the last Mm. 2,000 years, and therefore the Bacchanalia... Um, remains... you got an insider scoop. Uh, Yeah, and, you know... (laughs) That's cool. I know know that a lot of other shit went down that I don't know about, and, um... And that's okay. And that's up to the imagination, you guys. Uh, You, you just make your own fantasy, okay? Um,
1: So, yeah, the general takeaway is, um, embrace the spirit of Bacchus, uh, drink that wine, have a good time, but, um, also... Sex without consent isn't sex, it's rape. So don't fucking do
0: that shit either. And wear protection, you guys. Yeah. Because HPV is everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Is that
1: what we're ending this episode on? We didn't H- you. Really I'm just saying. Do we, do we, do we HPV
2: is <laughs> everywhere. We'll, we'll <laughs> end it on something better. Oh, a slightly more uplifting.
1: Do we know what we're doing for our next episode? We didn't oh, talk we about it. Oh, we didn't this. even talk about it. Hey, because we've I, we idea. I, I idea. was, okay, like, all right, let's, we're just going to talk this out live for you guys. My Ryan. idea, and this is totally inspired by that quilt thing I saw. I think it'd be really cool to do color theory. Cool. Like, talk about, like, color theory shit, but... What? What's your idea?
0: My idea is, um, I really want to take you guys down the road of graphic novels mm-hmm. and comic book um, culture, and I would love to do an episode on my boy Robert Crumb, oh, who yeah. is so problematic. That'll and, get interesting. Oh, he's just oh god. Yeah. Do we want to do those in order? Should we I do? Don't know. Well, you know what? What do you guys think? Or
2: we could ask. We can ask the boys out there.
0: Like, hey, what sounds better? Hey, yeah. yeah. go, yeah. go get a vote. Go get a
1: vote. <laughs> Color, what? Theory? Color
0: theory or graphic
1: novels. novels. So yeah.
0: while Jenny's getting a vote, I would like to also open it up to our what listeners. If anybody wants for, to yeah. leave a comment or an email, I would love to, A, have some of our listeners weigh in on our podcast. Um, B. If anyone's got any ideas for us, we would love to hear them. Love so it. Let s- us know. They said Color Theory. Oh, oh
3: did they? Nice. Okay. So I they were yeah.
1: Yeah, like boy. Um, but, I mean, we'll do both of them regardless. But we'll we'll wait it out and hear from you guys, too. But potentially our next episode's Color Theory. We're going to do them both, so don't worry about it. We'll talk but, about it. Um, we'll talk it out. Um, but we would love to hear any... Hi, pup. Um, we would love <laughs> to hear any feedback we can get from you guys like anything you're interested in hearing like we would love to drink wine and talk about it like this is a very (laughs) wide open visual color podcast or visual color visual culture (laughs) I'm drunk I'm sorry um Not sorry. We're going to go jump in the pool. Yeah, immediately. Bacchus is with us tonight. Yeah, yeah. This shit's silly. Bacchus Bacchus be calling. (laughs) But we, for real though, email us, arthistorybabes at gmail.com. We'd love to hear, like, anything you want to hear, we will do an episode on it, I promise. Yeah,
0: comment on our Twitter, comment (laughs) on our Instagram, comment on our Facebook. We got all that shit. We got all that shit. It's everywhere, and we want to know what you guys want to hear. So let us know, Art History Babes.
1: (laughs) That's who we are. We love you guys. Thank you so much for- We really do love you.
4: Like, so much. (laughs) Like, you don't even know.
1: Like, we really do. We're actually, like, super excited right now because we just, we're only four episodes in. We just hit- like number two on art history podcasts on iTunes. So that's exciting. Yeah,
0: you guys, if you um, search art history podcasts on iTunes, we are currently number two, which is super exciting. So if you go on iTunes today, subscribe to Art History Babes, And rate us. You can help us be number one. Number one. We want to be number one, you guys. (laughs) Help us be number one.
1: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Anyways, uh, thanks for listening to this really silly episode. We hope you all are having an amazing 4th of July. We love you. We really do love you. Thank you so much. Art history babes out. Out.
0: Geico presents... Oh, not again. Another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, while you are there, could you also turn off the oven? And all of the burners. <laughs> My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. <laughs> the GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.